Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Before we get into the nitty gritty, I do want to apologize. I realize it's been a very long time, but sometimes life just gets in the way. However, hopefully I'm going to make up to, uh, up to it you all massively with what I would like to say is easily going to be my most favorite, uh, favorite guest so far, and hopefully yours too. It's the one, it's the only, it's the man, the myth, the legend, Jim Sterling. Jim, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Not a problem, not a problem, though I prefer to go by my, uh, my moniker of the Shakespeare of song. <laughs> these meta heels they do these days are great. Uh, but hello, hello. How you doing? You well? You good? You happy? Uh, as as good as yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 as fit as I'm ever gonna get. So well, I, you a... take what you can get, you know. Thumbs Indeed. Up for me. <laughs> now I'm excited to have this chat with you because you are. I mean, I wouldn't say a relatively fresh back into pro wrestling, but you're kind of slowly getting drawn back in again, right? As of this year, yeah, yeah. Um... Basically, I had an urge a couple months back to rewatch uh, Shane versus Kurt Angle, uh, <laughs> King, King of the, of the Ring. Oh man, the the window, well, the window, the glass pane, and everything. Um, that like I had vivid memories of watching that live back in the day. Uh, that's when I was a fan back then, sort of late attitude era, yeah, ruthless aggression era, that sort of thing. Um, one of the last things I remember was. Uh, like I'd, I'd stopped, I was too poor for cable eventually, so I started just getting stuff online. <laughs> so the last time I remember being into wrestling was just about the time of uh, King Booker. Oh, wow. And, so, okay. Yeah. And so I've missed about, you know, 15 years or so. Um, my worry is I, you didn't miss much. That's my only worry. <laughs> I, I, I kind of think through that 15 years and I'm like, you, you kind of missed Triple H just controlling everything. I mean, you missed the rise of John Cena, which is good or bad, depending on how you feel about John Cena. But other than that, I think this is the fascinating thing. I think genuinely you could start pro wrestling in January 2017 and within three months go, yeah, I'm I'm caught up. I know everything from the last 10 or so years. That's that's how I felt. Like I Once I watched uh, King of the Ring, uh, 2001, I think it was, um, I decided, to, obviously, I, I bought the network. Well, I'd got a trial of the network. And I thought, well, you know, I'll check out the new stuff. I'll see what it's like. And I went through from Royal Rumble uh, of this year, uh, checked out all the pay-per-views, up to, let's oh, wow. see, Backlash was about when I was getting back in. Um, so Backlash was the first pay-per-view I tried to watch live. Uh, <laughs> Comcast wasn't very helpful. <laughs> I got about half of it and had to watch the rest the next day, which really bummed me out because that was very special for me because the first live pay-per-view I ever saw when I was into it the first time was Backlash. It was uh, All right. Backlash 2000, um, just right at the run of those really famously wonderful 2,000-year pay-per-views. Yeah. Like they had that disappointing WrestleMania And then it was backlash through to, I guess, through to, like, No Mercy, whenever it was when Rikishi did it for The Rock, uh, when it it really went went off a bit. Um, But that year, 
so that was a very special year, and it was sort of special for me to see Backlash. So thanks, Comcast, for ruining that for uh, me. Modern day, right? Uh, modern day is wonderful. Yeah. Nothing ever goes wrong. Yeah, but I've gone back and looked at some stuff. Like, I've gone back and looked at some authority stuff. Um, but that was my, mostly by accident because I was only there to look at Stardust. Um, because I'd missed Corey Rhodes and everything I'd seen of him really appealed to me because I'm a big fan of over-the-top, ludicrous characters. I like, loved Stardust. It, like, genuinely. No one ever believes they think I'm being facetious. <laughs> I mean it. Because, but for the reasons you just said, it's one of those things you watch and you're like, what the hell is this? Some dude yeah. running out, he thinks he's from space. I mean, what other form of entertainment are you going to get away it's like kids tv and yet it's being you know put out there for for adults like you and i yeah. i loved him kids tv that you can get away with like i'm i'm i am a fan of like a strong silly gimmick i guess and and i guess that's not popular these days because looking at, at rest like well at least wwe now everything like like most of the guys just seem to be just guys yeah like, that's their thing um like like they're just people which is fine but but sometimes i'm looking at them like what's the difference between all these people it's like i know i like seth rollins and i know i like dean ambrose but most of the time they're just guys now yeah they're not like like i i've seen some of the early dean ambrose stuff but but i don't know what he does these days that qualifies for lunacy Oh, like, I think they've got to redefine what lunacy is because that's... they need to go back to their marketing department and tell them, look, we don't need catchphrases or like, you know, these lines for everybody because you've hit the nail on the head. Why? Why is he the lunatic fringe? A, it's a terrible choice of words anyway. It barely makes any sense. But B, yeah, yeah why, why is he a lunatic? And honestly, I mean, we're getting into this now, but this is genuine. I don't know whether you listen to Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast, but this is genuinely something he asks on every episode. He says, well, why is this guy this guy? And why is that guy? And he's 100% right. And you've hit the lane on the head. Like You come into it. You meet Dean Ambrose. You've got the commentators sort of bashing you over the head. Oh, this guy's a lunatic. And yeah. then you watch him and he's just having wrestling matches. <laughs> that's it, yeah, that's he's, it. he's just a guy. Like, I loved him at f when the first thing I ever saw of him was that would have been Royal Rumble 2017 yeah. of this year. And I immediately loved him because he was he struck me as being like Taco from the league. <laughs> as a wrestler who just turns up in jeans and shirt, eating. Like, I think that was his first scene on in Royal Rumble. He just turns up, like, chewing on something and <laughs> asking what his number is. And he doesn't even look at it because he doesn't care. I remember that, and he yeah. just like And I was like, this guy's brilliant. I love the idea of a wrestler who just doesn't care about anything. Yeah. But... Everything else I've seen of him subsequently has not followed through on that. And he's just, he comes out, pulls his funny faces, like like those like old man gurners you see at the pier. <laughs> he's um, like that. He kind of is. Like, like my wife's looked at some of this stuff. Like she saw some of the old, uh, like Ro Roman Reigns and, and Dean Ambrose having a go at uh, Seth Rollins after his turn back in the, like, couple of years ago. And she just looked at them like, these are the most ludicrous looking men. She she doesn't like Dean Ambrose. She thinks he looks very greasy. <laughs> he does. He does look a bit like a mechanic. I think that's fair. He looks, he he looks like a very yeah. He looks like a like he's covered in some sort of slime. He does. She's not wrong. She's actually called that one very well. Actually, now you say it out loud. <laughs> but I I think I I'm completely on board because I was actually having a chat with uh, someone about this the other day because there is this big argument in pro wrestling at the moment and it basically stems from you know old school manager Jim Cornette who thinks that unless you take pro wrestling super seriously 
then you're you know you're undermining the business and mm. and I go the complete opposite way. I think that wrestling is so stupid and so silly when you break it down that we should take. I mean, you have to be serious when you come to your WrestleMania main event because you want there to be that believability factor there. Sure, but outside sure. of that, I think you should be. I think we should have men from space in gold costumes. Absolutely, there, there's there's room for both. I mean, you know, back back. Not to do that, because I, I do genuinely enjoy the product I'm seeing now. But, you know, back in the day, <laughs> um, back in my day, uh, there was room for both. Like, you'd have serious stories. Like, The Rock was involved in some, like, vicious stuff with Triple H back in, in 2000 and whatnot. Oh, yeah. But he was still doing all the, the funny stuff. He would rattle off his catchphrases. He'd crack jokes he'd say some of the most ludicrous <laughs> stuff in the world but you still believed that he was 100 percent into the fight he was having and this was happening at the same time you know that val venus was coming out and doing all of his business and, having and a... gold dust was was doing his whole thing uh gold dust another one that i absolutely love um and so there, there's room for both um like i see bray wyatt get a lot of um, hate online uh, for being over the top and silly. It's another one my, my wife's not fond of because he's over dramatic. but I love him. <laughs> like, I, I get that I'm new coming back in, so I haven't seen the early stuff where, like a lot of people have said, how he's been discredited uh, with so many losses. Like, I've not seen too much of that. Yeah. Um, so coming in fresh, everything about him, I like because he's one of the most interesting guys there because he's not just a dude. He's not just bloke you're right and you know what i've actually i mean i watch too much wrestling anyway but i've actually soured on bray white for the reason you just said because he started losing so many matches you know i think that inner you know nerd wrestling child that lives within us all was like well he's rubbish he can't even win yeah. a match but you're right if you had started in 2017 and introduced to bray white you know who comes out and talks in these almost like sonnets and the lights go out and you know he was world champion for a while and you know all that kind of stuff I actually think you'd probably, you would be a bit miffed if, you know, you didn't understand, not understand, that's the wrong word. But I actually think in 2017, they've treated him well, but it's everything oh, yeah, like before that. winning again. Well, yeah, like, that's it, yeah. balls of fire onwards. And I, I think I see where they're going with it. with Because he went after Roman Reigns and lost the night after um, Extreme Rules. Yeah. And then went straight immediately, I think, that night onto Seth Rollins and beat him. And also was teasing Samoa Joe, and now he's after Finn Balor. It's looking like he is making good on that promise he sort of offhandedly made, that he's going after everyone who won. Uh, well, everyone who competed at Extreme Rules. And hopefully that would that leads him right back around circular to Roman Reigns if he goes through them all and knocks them off. That, that looks like the trajectory, because he's going after everyone he fought at Extreme Rules. Yeah. So... It, it's an interesting story, the, the, the guys he's targeting, and they all seem to have that connection. I agree. I just hope that WWE remember to tell that story because I think that's something that they do do in the modern days. They do sometimes forget to, to piece together you know, what they're, they're trying to tell. But in terms of someone, because obviously you basically checked out of wrestling, I mean, you, you timed it perfectly as it was on the downward swing, really. Yeah, I missed the great Carly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he, well, I came back just in time yeah, for the exactly. great Carly, apparently. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you got him. <laughs> but I missed his big reign. Uh, I missed uh, 
yeah, I missed a lot of the stuff that I heard was was really bad. Oh, just to, and but, John Cena doesn't interest me as a character. I find his USA thing a little bit creepy. Yeah, and and he is very. Uh, I know that the whole never give up. Also, just I, I'm not sure what all the history of that is, but just looking at it at face value seems very mawkish and cloying. And it's it's just not the kind of thing I'm into. Like I I think he's incredible as a performer, mm. but his whole shtick just doesn't do it for me. So I kind of mentally check out whenever he's fighting Rusev again for the glory of America I against mean, its hated nemesis Bulgaria. That, that that famous rivalry. I find it amazing that if you even if you had somehow checked out of wrestling in 1988, you could have come back in 2017 and it's the same old shtick. I cannot believe we're still doing. Yeah, in, in 2017, when the world is smaller than ever, it's still, well, this guy's not from America, so you shouldn't like him. It's like, you do know you have a worldwide audience, WWE. Like, you, yeah. do, you have Bulgarians. I'm sure it's not a super important market for you because Bulgaria is a small country, but why are you insulting them all? Like, I don't know. That's I don't it. Like, why are people booing Bulgaria? <laughs> like, what have they done? I don't know. Not America. That's it. Yeah, They're just that's not it. America. It's not America. That's, yeah, it's, I... uh, it's like the what chance whenever anyone has a bit of an accent or, <laughs> or you know, Jinder Mahal does his whole shtick of speaking in Punjabi. What do you think of Jinder Mahal? going, what? And I'm, um, I don't know. <laughs> Neither do I. Yeah, that's how I feel. There's, there's not a lot to him. Like, it, it's... I find the... The foreign heel thing in his regard, um, again, a little bit creepy because even though I was kind of only quasi invested towards the latter years, I remember the controversy when they went with the terrorist gimmick oh, that yeah. they had to stop because that when, you know, real world events happened. <laughs> so when I see Jinder Mahal, what I'm looking at and what I'm thinking is someone in creative has thought, we need another, like, we need someone who we can make look like a terrorist, but he's not from the Middle East, so we can get away with hating the brown man. Like, that, that's my read on it. Um, and, and it just kind of skeeves me out a little bit. Um, and I'd like to see him, as well as Rusev, like, all of those, like, I, I guess the foreign heel thing has, just doesn't do it for me. Like, I never... Never was a big fan of it. And I'm with you, man. I want to see them move away from that. Like, yeah, like Jinder's whole thing of I'm being, um, you know, uh, people are being prejudiced against me and everything. Um, like, it kind of works in a sense that it's it seems to be in his head, but they're not playing it like it's in his head. They're, they're just using him as kind of like a straw complainer. Uh, a straw foreign complainer who just hates America because it's America and America's so good. And I know, like, you can do a lot of things with a foreign heel, I think, that isn't just that, but that is all they ever do. I so totally agree. Consequently, yeah, yeah, I'm just not into Jinder's whole shtick. I just th- but he seems like a good performer and everything. I think he, that's the thing, that's my biggest thing with him. He actually is, I mean, he gets a lot of uh, slack online just because he went from nothing to everything without any build. You're not allowed to do that in pro wrestling. Even though that's actually kind of cool. Even physically he went from nothing well, to everything from the looks of yeah. his older photographs. That, I, I, see, I don't know what to feel about that because let's say that you know, he is on that magic stuff that some people go on. The th- <laughs> that, that's been the focus ever since. Like, the internet especially is like, oh, terrible. But I, I, my, my thing with it is, 
but they're all doing it. <laughs> like I've well, never yeah, known a, a wrestler that's not yeah, doing a lot of wrestlers it. Wrestlers do. Yeah, so I don't. And he seems proud of himself. He seems proud of his big old arms. Oh He'll, man, uh, he goes. Take any opportunity to show them off. <laughs> yeah, so like... I guess. But I just think the problem, like you've said, the problem with the uh, sort of old school. Oh, I'm a bad guy. It's like that Futurama episode. Where he's like, boo me, I'm from abroad. <laughs> like, I take your jobs. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I, don't, I don't see why I should hate him. Because, I, I, look, this is going to sound terrible, but I think there's some truth to it. If you are a, uh, like, American patriotic person, then I imagine it does work to that demographic. Like, you know, I've seen them. I've seen the people that still think wrestling's real. <laughs> I know they exist. <laughs> and I imagine that person loves it. But I think by and large, kind of the audience they have nowadays are people like you and me who just accept it for what it is. And I don't care that Jinder doesn't come from America. I don't care that he's proud of his country. I'm like, yeah, good good, good for you, Jinder. No, I'm glad. Yeah. If, if anything, I'm kind of just... Dis- the idea that speaking in your native tongue is a heel move is something I find a little bit alarming. Yeah, no, I totally you know, agree. Like, I'm going to speak Punjabi, and that's villainous. <laughs> like, it's not really villainous. <laughs> if anything, it just makes me think, oh, wow, this guy's really smart. He can speak in two yeah. languages. I can't talk two languages. Like, WWE is proud of, of how popular it is in India. So, like, if anything, that should be a face move. <laughs> that, that's the other thing. That's the one thing I never understood is that apparently, you know, this big ginger push was to really, you know, get in that Indian market and cement that as a as a hotbed for WWE. Then why is he a bad guy? Like, why? Yeah. I don't get it. It makes no sense. Like, I wonder how he is viewed there. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I've, I've not really looked it up or anything. But one wonders how how he is viewed. Like, is he just viewed as a face? Um, in, in You know, like, if they go and tour India, will he get a big face chip? I guess so, just for being, you know, um, a home country guy. But I, I don't know. It's strange. I, I, it, it is bizarre to me. It is absolutely um, strange. But I mean, yeah. how do you find it coming back? So obviously you left at the, the real peak of pro wrestling, I would say, especially WWE. And now, you know, you return to it this year where, you know, it, it's still popular, but it's kind of, like I said, the audience is certainly more, it's kind of a, more, a smaller but more intense hardcore audience, especially given, you know, how popular social media is. Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of uh, leveled out, I guess, after it had its big groundswell. So yeah. it's kind of leveled to a, a, it looks stable now. Yeah, I think that's fair. But so, but do, what what sort of do you see any pros? Do you see any cons? Do you think it's better now? Do you think it's better then? Like you said, you're enjoying it, and I actually enjoy it today too. I know a lot of people don't, but they persevere with it anyway. But like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> what, when you first sort of you know really got back into that weekly groove of watching it, like how did you? What was what kind of stood out to you? I guess because it's fascinating to find someone that has only re come back to it this year. Yeah, yeah, the. I, the immediate thing that struck me was the atmosphere. The atmosphere is very different. Yeah, it's 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 a very different type of show than it used to be, especially with the the fan interaction, which has always been important, and the fact that these days people are so much more prone to cheering for just who they like rather than who's a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah, um, the warring chant thing never happened when I was watching it. Um, people cheering, you know, th- though those where the audience is just 50-50 split and they're just alternating, cheering for whichever one of the two guys fighting they like. <laughs> um, that that was never a thing uh, back in my day. Yeah. So that's odd. As is, you know, like the reaction to Roman Reigns, I find that darkly fascinating. <laughs> um, you know, I, I went back and watched the reaction he got after WrestleMania. Oh, when I loved he, it. Uh, I loved put it. Put the taker away. 
it's yeah, it's it's so weird. And what they're doing with him now as a kind of quasi response to it is very interesting. Um, and I'm torn between like agreeing that this guy's push isn't warranted just given how boring he is. Yeah. But I at the same time I recognise the boring aspect isn't really his fault. And so I kind of feel a bit bad for him. <laughs> and every time I hear his music start up, I I can't help but feel empathy of like, what must be going through that man's <laughs> mind? Knowing he's got to walk out there and just look at them all, <laughs> hating him. Like they've never hated a stranger before. And I mean, fair play to the man. He goes out confident, swaggers, like does not seem to let it affect him. He'll, he'll, he'll power through. Yeah. Um, and, and has, like John Cena, started to acknowledge it more. Like, like that crack he made about something, uh, I forget what it was, but but it was a negative on his part, and he's like, some of you people are going to really like this announcement, <laughs> um, just to try and get them to shut up. And it's like rolling with it and him doing that whole coming out and demanding a title match at SummerSlam just because he feels entitled to it. It, it's an interesting angle, but they've got to lean into it more. Just having him come out and say, I'm not a good guy or a bad guy, I'm the guy, is just... That's not... In, it, it's at the same time too forced and not enough. Yeah. So that that's something. Um, what else is there? The, the women's division. That That's very different now, of course. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's a real women's know, division. Lisa, yeah, yeah. Uh, Trish and Lita were just kick-starting all of that stuff when I was watching. But it was still very much, you know, Stacey Keebler would come out and dance and give Vince McMahon an <laughs> orgasm, like that whole Those good thing. days, yeah. Yeah, those classic days. Uh, but to see it now um, where, you know, we're looking at really great performers and they're give, being given, like, headline-level stuff to the point where I do believe um, that we can have like women's matches as main events at WrestleMania and should have mm. because they're some of the best performers there. Um, ever since Money in the Bank, Carmella has skyrocketed to one of my favourite uh, performers just because she is so good at working a crowd and making them hate her, which seems to be a lot difficult now than it used to be, which is why I'm really liking those meta heels I talked about. Yeah, yeah, Aiden Englishes, yeah, uh, Elias Sampson's. <laughs> Your Canalyses, people that are just being obnoxious just to get some heat, um, to get that X Park heat, but deliberate. Exactly, I find yeah, yeah. That trying very to wind interesting them up. as well. Yeah, yeah like, like really playing a meta game with the crowd because the crowd's too smart, quote unquote, for the old sort of heel tactics because they don't really care. You're right. I mean, hell, they were cheering Eddie Guerrero for cheating for years. Why are they going to care when The Miz does it, you know? Well, you mentioned, I think you've just, something you did mention there, because to me, The Miz is the, uh, he's almost the, the opposite to all of that. Like, he is the one guy who seems to be able to, you know, tie into that old sense of, well, I'm going to boo you because you seem like a massive knob. You know, I think that's why he's been so good and so successful all these years because he does, to me especially, always comes across like, yeah, I'd like to punch you in the face. But I think that's why he's so good because he doesn't have to be this almost ironic heel. He's just a massive idiot. And I think that's why yeah, he's so talented. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I'm a big, um, I'm big on The Miz. I like The Miz a lot. Um, the current thing with Dean feels a little played out. Oh, yeah. But 
the the Miztourage thing, which I wish they just called the Entourage because that's just a that's uh, that, that just seems like a better name for a stable. <laughs> it does um, than the Miztourage, but I get it with Miz's character that I guess he would of course call it the Miztourage. <laughs> um, like I like him as a performer. I like him as a as a, a guy on the mic. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like yeah, they're not going to care at basic cheating, but like anymore, but. He is such a. Like, he reminds me of Rick Mail sometimes. That the, is interesting. The way the hair flops over the face, the 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 way he's kind of like an like he's a good looking guy that can make himself look ugly, um, just to look really like give himself that really punchable face. Yeah. Uh, he yeah he is he's very good at that stuff. Um, so yeah yeah that that I guess those are all like the major changes. Like very much the atmosphere is very different. Um, something about it feels a little too polished these days, uh, so it's a little uh, harder to get into, uh, a little harder to believe. But you can you can suspend the disbelief. I think so. Um, but it just feels uh, very polished and a little overly clean these days. Yeah. Um, there's something else I was going to say that's different. Um, oh, the thing they do. I know they've been doing it for <laughs> many many years, so this is old to any like probably most of the people listening, but. When they zoom the camera in and out every time someone slams on the mat. Oh, yeah. That never used to happen. And most of the time I can ignore it. But a show is ruined the moment I remember it. I, the moment yeah. I notice it again, I'm like, oh, God, this whole match is shot now. Because every time I see a slam, I'm going to get vertigo. <laughs> it's so They shoot it like it's action, don't they? I don't know when they made that yeah. change. But, yeah, at one point, someone, or Kevin Dunn, I guess, is the main man who pulls out those strings, said, you know what? We, we're a TV show and we should shoot this like it's action. It's like, no, please, please don't do this. Yeah, like it takes away, I think, from from the work the the, the people are doing in the ring. Like if you're going to take a nasty bump, like I wouldn't want it ruined by a blurring in and out <laughs> shot. Like I want to see people like see me hit the thing. Yeah, you know? but I mean, they, they've made so many. Uh, I mean, that's kind of something they do as a... I guess as an artistic choice, but sometimes they go so erratic with their cameras. Like, I don't know whether you caught up with the Raw Rumble when AJ Styles debuted. They missed him walking out. And I, it's, it's, to this day, it's something that baffles me. I was like, surely we all knew that the thing to do when AJ Styles arrived at <laughs> WWE was film the thing. But I just sometimes I think they go too into we're a TV show, we're a TV show. It's like, we well, are a TV show, but you're a very unique TV show and you kind of do have to blur that line between sports and TV a little more. But of course, they hate that. They don't want to be a sport for some reason, which I never understand. People love sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People love sport. <laughs> like, always... like, I've noticed that, like, a lot of, um, like, changes over the years. Like, the big ones were, were already in place. You know, they're not wrestlers, they're superstars, etc. <laughs> But I notice these days they don't even reference belts anymore. Like they're no, just, they're titles. They're, they're always titles. Um, why, why do they not say title shot as much anymore? Do you know what? It used to always be about title shots. Now it's title opportunity. It's genuinely. And obviously I don't know how much of this stuff I read is true. But if we're going to take it all at face value, apparently Vince McMahon is just bonkers these days. And he wakes up every day with a new pet peeve. And one day it was uh, title shots. Then it was belts. Then it was you can't say hospital. And it's, apparently the new one is you're not allowed to call a cage a cage. It has to be a structure. You're not allowed to call the money in the bank briefcase a briefcase. It's a money in the bank contract. I just He just sounds like he's, what, he's 72. Yeah. He's a very hard worker, and he's probably a bit potty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was always out of touch anyway with, with just reality and the world. Um, you know, this is the man that didn't know what a friggin', what was it, a burrito? <laughs> yeah, he didn't know. He didn't know what it was <laughs> while he was eating one. Yes, that's true. But the guy just doesn't... 
doesn't seem quite connected to to real life, which I guess kind of helps if you're doing a, a wrestling show. But after a while, um, it's one of those things where, well, it's, it's the Lucas effect. It's like you need someone in place who is strong enough and not scared enough to say no sometimes. Exactly. I think every, no matter how creative you are, no matter how um, brilliant you might be, um, everybody I, f- I feel needs someone who can say no to them. I think it's imp- to, imperative. To balance them. You can't just have one guy, especially because he does everything. Like I know people are, are quick to kind of, you know, get on his case, but he does stories. He does booking. He does, you know, uh, marketing, promotion, you know, he, PR, he does everything. You know, he is. In, I mean, yeah, I mean, like he's in Michael Cole's ear for the whole broadcast. Isn't yeah, it? pretty much. So it's like, that is, I honestly don't know how he does it. So I respect it in that sense. But like you say, you need someone kind of steering him in the right direction because nobody can do that. Nobody has the power to be, you know, one and everything to a company that's that big. Yeah. yeah that's what yeah. he does. And, and for all for all the crap they get, and, and some of it justified, like I remember back in the day, the, the stories of, of Triple H and, and whatnot, um, they do seem to, like it does seem like they are going to do a better job when they're in full control. Uh, certainly, like you know, I've I've been c- catching up with NXT, of course, and yeah, really, really enamoured with that. Um, so who knows? Like, like I see, it certainly looks like things right now are weird, but finding a new sort of footing. So I think it's a very interesting time. Um, I, at least as someone just coming into it, it seems like an interesting time to be getting back in. I think so. I, one thing I did want to mention, like. Obviously, this ties into the current storylines as well. Because when, again, when you kind of jumped off first time, this kind of storyline was just the done thing. And people kind of believed into it more, I guess, because we hadn't had the explosion of social media and all that kind of stuff. But obviously, the big reveal on Raw a few weeks ago was that Jason Jordan was Kurt Angle's son. Now, we all all know that's utter bollocks. Like, there's no way anyone is ever going to buy into that. Whereas, you know, back in the day when, oh, Kane's Undertaker's brother, you're like, well, he's probably not, but okay, there's, I, I get it. Uh, and there was nothing really too in your face to to really ruin that suspension of disbelief. Yeah. And now a lot of people, are, you know, you kind of got this 50-50 thing now where loads of people are like, this is great, soap opera wrestling's back. And then you've got the more kind of, uh, I guess, serious fan. Again, it's like, this is not what I want from my wrestling. I mean, where do you fall on that argument? Because I want more of that stuff. I just don't necessarily think I enjoy this particular storyline just because I don't think it's been very well executed. Yeah, I think that it's... It's the lack of believability, not just from the fact that we know it's bollocks, but, <laughs> like, I remember who Kurt Ankle was when he debuted. Yeah. That wasn't a man having random sex. <laughs> That's that was a, a good guy point. drinking milk. That was a guy drinking milk and being nerdy. Like, that was his original character, and I remember that. I'm like, I don't buy that. I don't buy that Kurt Ankle did that. Um, but I'm always... I, I, I always like a, no matter how fantastical it gets, I like a character that has some grounding in, some grounding in real life. Even something as out there as Stardust made sense to me because he was Goldust's brother and Goldust was, you know, out of his tree. And <laughs> and it makes sense that, that Cody Rhodes, who had done all sorts of other weird things by that point. Yeah. Of course, harsh. when he, like, adopted Goldust traits, he'd take it further and go, like, go absolutely bonkers with it. Um, that that I like. Uh, whereas this, when it just feels, like, so pulled out of nowhere. Yeah, rabbit out of the that's, hat. Yeah. 
like Kane, I could believe because Kane had a mask and was very much a character. He was very much a f- straight out of a slasher movie character. Um, Kurt Angle and Jason, they, they're not, they're not straight out of comic <laughs> book characters. So making up a, a familial tie with them, I just don't quite buy. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, um, and, and it was the same for me with, with Edge and Christian. Um, to the point where WWE sort of agreed with that and retconned it so they weren't brothers anymore. And so it's odd to me that they're doing this. Uh, but then again, you know, with the amount of gimmick matches they're bringing back, sometimes it feels like they're trying to recapture some of that stuff. Uh, maybe because, um, you know, of how popular their biggest stars are with kids, like why not try and go back to some of that uh, sort of pre-attitude uh, silliness or pre-attitude or early attitude as well, sort of uh, fantastical soap opera stuff. Yeah, I'm definitely up for it. I just, this one just, I don't know what it is. I can't really put my finger on it, but it just it just fell a bit flat. It was just a yeah. bit like, I, guess, I think maybe it was just too much of a stretch, especially when you're on Instagram or Twitter and you've got Kurt Angle talking about his kids. And Jason Jordan's not there. I mean, that's a whole different <laughs> argument in itself. But it is a really good way to kind of bury... It buries itself deep in your brain when you are watching. You're like, well, I know what I saw. And obviously that wasn't around in the in the late 90s and early 2000s. So it was so much easier just to go, of course Stone Cold Steve Austin hates Vince McMahon. Why wouldn't he? Whereas if you yeah. take a step back, you're like, well, that's preposterous. He's signing his checks. I don't think he hates him that much. Yeah. I think the problem, the problem with, with Jordan is like I'm looking at him and thinking, I'm not thinking, oh, good for him. He's Kurt Angle's boy. I'm thinking, good for him. He seems like a good wrestler, and yep. this is a nice rub for him. Yeah, like, that's, that's how I see I'm it. what I'm thinking. It's terrible, isn't it? Like, I actually buy into them as human beings, which I guess is nice in a way, but also I'm like, no, this you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be a cartoon character. And I'm just thinking, oh, he's got a really good job. He's doing really well at his job. His career's on such an upward yeah. trend. I'm like, that's a weird way to watch wrestling. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good for him, but and good for him. And I like fantastical, over the top stories. But very much like you, this one just is a is, is a bit too off to get into. Yeah, I hope it is a big swerve. I hope it turns out that Jason Jordan made all this up to get a big push on Raw. And he screwed over Kurt Angle. I'd much yeah, prefer that. That'd yeah. be, and that's proper soap opera too. Like the big reveal. It's, I'm not really your son, Dad. And Triple H put me up to it. I'm like, yeah, here we go. Now we're talking. Yeah. Get all these like, like One thing that has impressed me with the show is it, lately, from what I've seen, is they've seen, they seem to have been quite good these days at starting stories badly. And if not, if they didn't have a plan for it, coming up with a plan that saves it and in retrospect makes it good. Like the whole money in the bank thing, like the women's money in the bank thing. Yeah. Um, obviously seeing the actual match at money in the bank left a sour taste. I mean, the whole show did had so many screwy finishes uh, that it was a weird, weird show to watch. And it just looked like an entire like three hour troll job. Uh, but everything that was screwy has like blossomed into something interesting like Uzo's New Day very very into that now oh it's awesome um, yeah Uzo's yeah. great I love the Uzo's yeah like their their whole uh, their whole thing is is great to watch um 
and and the new day uh, like Xavier Woods is adorable. Like I'd, yeah, I'd, no, I'd love is. to just like have him live in my house. <laughs> um, I was watching an old, uh, just just an old random one. I think from like 2015, 2014, like back when they were heels, and they were fight. I think funnily enough, they were fighting a face Uzos, and the crowd boo like were booing them, and Xavier Woods was just yelling at the crowd, "What did we do? What did we do? <laughs> we're winning!" <laughs> like could not believe they like. Like so hurt that they were being booed, and I'm like, that's a again a great sort of meta heel. Like, yeah. oh, be so positive and nice that they hate you. Um, that it's that kind of heel work that I find so fascinating. It's why I'm such a big fan of Elias Samson. Oh, I love him. Like, I love him. He's so painful to watch. Exactly. And glorious. Yeah. <laughs> and he's what... working it so well. Like he knows how hated he is. Like he he knows exactly the reaction he gets when he tells them to be quiet and turn their phones off. Yeah. Um. It, it's it's been great watching him turn into a sort of like real piece of work yeah i think he's got great potential as well like i know that when you these characters come up you know the, the criticism that everybody gets thrown at now is well he's not very good in the ring it's like man i used to watch wrestling when nobody was good in the ring i watched <laughs> ultimate warrior versus hulk hogan like you know that that never used to be i understand you know we've evolved and we've got to a point where things are different but that was never the be all and end all and the fact of the matter is he's got that end of it down and because of that he is entertaining because yeah he goes out there to piss people off and that is a part of pro wrestling, which is, you know, yeah. like, it does a great job of it. And I enjoy it. I mean, like, like the way I look at it is it's like, you know, you look at someone like The Big Show. Now, The Big Show has never been a great wrestler. No. But he's had these periods where with the right story and the right frame of mind, he will put on a hell of an entertaining match. It won't be a good wrestling match but he'll give you 10 to 15 minutes of something entertaining mm. with the right setup. And and that's what guys like Elias are. Like you give them the right opponent, you know, put them in with someone else who's a pretty, you know, who can cover for them and let them do the the psychological aspects of it and get the heat and whatnot. And and you'll get a great performance. Yeah. I think that's right. I think that is that's almost you almost tie into sort of Paul Heyman logic there about, you know, uh, hide the weaknesses and push the positives. And when you do start doing that, it's like, oh, look, Big Show's a real asset now because we know we can, if we put him with the right person, we're going to exactly. get an entertaining thing. Whereas, I mean, there are definitely some wrestling fans who are, you know, unless you can, unless you're like a ring general who can control everything, like a Seth Rollins or somebody like that, who yeah. is just superbly talented at what he does between the ropes. So like, you shouldn't be a wrestler. It's like, whoa, man, I don't want to go down that path. I mean, I love, you know, I love wrestling matches, but I love everything that goes around it as well. I don't want to lose that. I want the idiots that go in the ring and don't really know what they're doing, but can be massively entertaining outside of it. Again, that's sure. why wrestling is so great, because you couldn't do that in football. You can't put somebody on a football pitch that doesn't have a certain amount of talent because they'll get absolutely destroyed. And yet wrestling, for some reason, if you've got enough personality and charisma, you can be shit at the, you know, the actual action part, but you can find ways and means and work with other people to get around, with, get around that. Yeah. I think that's why it's so fascinating. Well, I mean, look at the, um, what I've been calling Roman Joe Strowman on Raw. <laughs> like, it's, it's not, you know, Roman's uh, good at what he does. Samoa Joe, of course, is Samoa Joe. Yeah. Um, and Braun Strowman, I mean, he's another one of those sort of, you know, his, his stereotypical big guy. Uh, but the stuff they're doing, it's not really great wrestling together. 
But I love it because it's yeah. just three big guys just pounding the crap out of each other. <laughs> and it looks real. And the way they're selling it with like all the other wrestlers coming out to try and stop them. But they are so big and angry. The, the combined might of the entire rest of the world of wrestling cannot contain how much they hate each other. Like that's... that's to, to quote, you know, Vince Kay, that's good shit. That's good <laughs> shit right there. Like, that is good. It is, you're right. Because it's over the top and ridiculous. And because they are so almost, you know, ramped up to 11, you kind of believe it. Like, man, they really are pissed off with each other. Yeah. These guys are so big and so angry, they are using ambulances as weapons. Oh, man. I mean, what was that? I mean, all of that was so dumb, but so good. I loved it. Like, the ambulance became a prop. I was like, this is just. It's so yeah. strange, but oh, I forget I loved who it. it was on Twitter, but they said they were explaining it to their other half as uh, like the whole Strowman versus Roman Reigns feud, and it, it boils down to like the giant, the giant man hit the big man so much he went to the amb- he went into an ambulance, and then the big man tried to kill the giant man <laughs> with the ambulance wrestling. Exactly, and I think you know I know it goes the other way sometimes, and I know we get. You know, these awful moments where it's like, oh, why? Why do you do this? But when they get it right, which I think that was balanced perfectly, that's when I realized I love wrestling. We had attempted murder. We had a guy somehow surviving something he could never survive. It's just it's just fun and it's just wonderful. And it puts a smile on my face. And that's why I like Braun Strowman so much because he's, mm-hmm. you know, they've, they've had the confidence to go, you know what, let's go so over the top that yet somehow we come back down the other side. And it's yeah. worked. Like, to me... I mean, Samoa Joe's up there too, but I think he's my favorite person on either brand at the moment. I just, I look forward to seeing him. When his music hits, I react, which I haven't done in a long time. And yet it's all because they went, you know what? Silliness is okay, but let's go all the way silliness. So somehow it becomes serious. That's it. Like he's just, regardless of of skill, he is just so utterly intense. Yeah. That it is, it's hard to take your eyes off the guy. Um, and, and, and it shows with the crowd reactions, like they love the guy. And I know part of that is because he keeps beating up Roman Reigns, <laughs> but uh, that I find again, going back to the, the change in atmosphere, I find it so fascinating The you know, the biggest face on raw is the bad guy who keeps ambushing and picking on the good guy. <laughs> It's great, right? Um, but there is just something great about him. The whole raw thing. And <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's good to see. Entrances are a lot more extravagant than they used to be, I've noticed. I That's mean, another change. Like, back in the day, it was just, you know, smash of glass, dead out, dead out, dead out. <laughs> but nowadays, it's all Finn Balor with the horror and all this stuff. Like, it's... And, and, it's you know, produced, right? Nakamura, of course. Do you like them? Um, are you a fan or are, you, are they a bit too much? I'm, I tell you what, even though I stopped watching wrestling while I was starting up doing the whole games media stuff... One of the holdovers that I um, kept with me always was a, the love of a good entrance to the point where I wouldn't even want to do a PAX panel unless I came out to music. Oh, the, and that was the all best. because of wrestling. Yeah. Um, so I am in love with a good entrance. And yeah, me too. So many of them have great entrances now. Like, I'll watch... Like, I love the, 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 the matches in NXT. Um, but... The anticipation of like Oscar coming out uh, with the mask and the dancing, or of course Bobby Roode with that music, hmm. um, Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor in in WWE, like like 
I am a big fan of, of the pomp and circumstance and the the just ludicrous levels of grandeur yep. that these men uh, give to themselves. Well, men and women give to themselves. I totally um, agree. Big fan of it. Like, I, I love a good entrance. So that, that's been delighting me. Like, again, to go back to Bray Wyatt, who I think, I would say, at least right now, is is my my top guy to watch. Um, like, that entrance, I, I have not gotten bored of it. Yeah, maybe maybe in a couple of years, <laughs> but right now, like the whole lamp thing, the music, the people with the phones, the sudden blowing of the lamp and just how it cuts right up to full house lights, brilliant. Yeah, masterful I, execution. I agree. I think it's I, I all of that stuff is honestly. Like, obviously, I'm 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 doing this stop start journey to try and become a wrestler. And I was saying to my mate the other day, I think the only reason I'm doing this is to have an entrance. I think that's it. I think I'd be Honestly, happy. To... Yeah, my 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 dreams of being a wrestler back in the day, not now with the 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 back, but uh, it was. I I'd only ever imagine uh, a insulting crowds and b <laughs> music like entrance music. Yeah, and I just stuff like that. I just want the over the topness and the reaction. I think that's it. I go to the ring, wave, and then go back. I think I'd yeah. be all right. I don't need the bit in the middle. I don't. I, I, he said to me, he goes, would you care if you were just like a jobber? I was like, no, job me out. I don't care. I just want an entrance. Yeah, as long, just as want long an as entrance. I get a nice entrance. Yeah, I don't um, care. yeah, it's funny that you, you're talking about that because like the more I look at it and you you mentioned like Paul Heyman, like, like to me, obviously never, I, there is no reality in which I'm conceivably a wrestler. A manager, on the other hand. Now, oh, I think I you'd be great here, man. Do. I think you'd... I've that, been told over to... the years... Like, just adapt the Jimquisition persona and you've got a wrestling match. Absolutely, man. I think it'd be like Dr. Water stuff. That would be, dude. I'd I, I, I like to think so. I've, I've been considering seeing, like... I mean, I'm in Mississippi. There are going to be wrestlers right here. <laughs> yeah, There's going to be wrestling, like, small <laughs> wrestling promotions out here. Like, I'd love to give it a go because I'm, I'm good at working the crowds. And, uh, I mean, the Jimquisition persona, like, the, the show I do is that there is so many shades of Paul Heyman and Jim Cornette. And Absolutely. I can totally character. see that. Yeah. And you've got the props as well. You've done, oh, yeah, yeah. You've I've got, got it all. a hell of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> but you need that, right? You need that kind of one visual aid that, you know, people associate with you. Kind of, that just seems to be a wrestling thing. So you're halfway yeah. there. I think you should yeah. do it. I'm a big, I'm a big supporter like, of this. I won't lie. Like, I, I'll look at um, guys in the NXT and think, like, who would I like to manage? That's brilliant. Like who, who would I like to manage? And to me, like my 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 dream. You know, other people dream of wrestling wrestlers, <laughs> but to me, like like the dream of if if I were to ever be involved in the business would be to manage sanity. Oh, dude, that would, I'd watch that. We should make this happen. I don't know how we do that, but that would be... Yeah, no idea how, but but to be able to speak for Killian Dane and have interactions with Nikki Cross, like that would be. Probably my, my my dream gig if if I were to think of having any involvement with with that side of things. I'm, I'm upset now because I want that to happen. That would be so. <laughs> I mean, it would work so well. I'd get a kick out of it. Uh, one thing I do want to touch on because obviously this is how this whole conversation started is we're a couple of months removed from Battleground, yeah. and we were having a chat over Twitter about the Punjabi prison match. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. Uh, and uh, you uh, you said right. I better go watch these uh, these old Punjabi prison matches, <laughs> which you did. Now I, I did both uh, of them. Yeah, where where have we got to? Because obviously, I think most people on this show know that I hate the Punjabi. I just hate it. It's too stupid. You can't see what's going on, and more often than not, there's always one guy in there that's just not good enough as a wrestler to pull it off. Yeah. But it's overbooked. 
It's oh, yeah, an overbooked yeah. match. It's it's two matches. Double cage, that's a match <laughs> on its own. Yep. Double cage, you've got to escape both. That's a match on its own. Cage with four doors that are timed, that's its own match. Both together, I know. it's too much. It's, it's too much rules. It's too... It's not like they're complicated rules, but you you need a clear goal. And that, there I, it's like so many different things to do. And it, I look at it and it's so easily breakable as well because someone will get out, get halfway up to the top of the thing and they're like, oh my God, he's got to climb two cages to catch up to him. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He gets to the top of the inner cage and jumps to the outer yeah. cage. <laughs> it's just, I just don't get it. I just don't get it as a concept. Like I can understand it coming up, somebody coming up with it at a meeting, especially if you've sketched that thing out because it looks cool. But the logistics of it fall apart so fast. I cannot believe we're now three three in. We did three. <laughs> three deep. How can we not have we're done three one? Punjabi prisons deep. And yeah. That, you never want to get that deep in Punjabi prisons. <laughs> no, you don't. So I'm guessing you fell on the same side as me and you just thought it was utterly ridiculous. I mean, I'll say this much. Um, the reputation wasn't helped by the, the first <laughs> two. And the, the performers they had were not built for those matches. No, absolutely you not. Know, in that regard, uh, Battlegrounds' Punjabi prison was the best one they've ever had. True, true. But that's not, you know, clearly not saying much. No. Uh, but, it, but it really was only worth it for uh, the big bump they did. The, I mean, that was amazing. It really was a shocker. I'm like, holy, like, that's... That that's nineteen ninety eight again. Yeah, that, that's a ninety eight bump. That that, that was a was real really, big fall. Yeah, really Im impressed. Like it seems like they're doing that more and more with their pay per views. Um, presumably because they can get away with a bit more than they can on you know TV where the ad networks have been all like, oh, you can't swear and and do your old things that you used to do. Yeah, but you know with their with the ambulance thing at Great Balls of Fire and the the blood at Great Balls of Fire and the big bump off the Punjabi prison, it looks like with the pay per views they're trying to go for some of those big, those big moments, the big holy shit moments again. I think that's a really um, good idea too because I think you do need a reason to, especially like you know because on SmackDown this week we had Nakamura versus John Cena on free TV, which yes. I, know, I know I know a lot of people are like, wait a minute, what am I paying my my network subscription for if you're giving away these huge <laughs> matches but yeah i think you're right if you're going to get these holy shit moments on pay-per-view or whatever they're called nowadays that kind of justifies why you hang about for the network because you know they cannot do that stuff on tv because it's just not going to be able to get away with it yeah yeah plus, plus i mean it really is a i, I am shocked at uh, the price to content ratio on that thing um even if i was still gonna stay really really casual about the wrestling <laughs> Like I keep that subscription going just because it that, that that is good value, mm. and I mean NXT is worth it alone for me. Yeah, um, I, I, getting I, into that, I think it's too cheap. I mean, what a strange thing to say. Well, in terms of if I look at it from, you know, if I put my nerd business hat on, I'm like, thing is, I would have bought the network and still paid for WrestleMania separately. I'll never get over that they put WrestleMania on there as well. That always has seemed crazy to me. An event that, yeah. you know, towards the end was doing, you know, a million or so buys or whatever, however buy rates work. To give it away for 10 bucks, it's just like... But, uh, you know, you, you sell enough people on that value, you make a damn heck well, of a lot of money. That's true. That, that, that uh, is very true. I mean, what did you... It's, yeah. What did you think of Battleground as a show? Because I haven't chatted about it on here yet. And the general consensus coming out the back of it was this was the worst pay-per-view of the year. And not just really? in WWE. Yeah. But the thing is, I mean, obviously, I, uh, 
I go out of my way to look for opinions and it's very easy to fall into that negative vibe. You know, you always find more negative vibes than you do positive ones. But sure. that is kind of the, the general consensus from the really mad wrestling fan. So even though obviously you weren't the biggest fan, I mean, nobody was a fan of that main event. It just it just wasn't it just wasn't the case. What did you think about the show as a whole, though? I mean, I guess you kind of not necessarily liked it, but didn't think it, it was, was as bad. It, it wasn't memorable. Um, I remember way more details about Great Balls of Fire that that was legitimately surprising. That one, yeah. Um, in terms of how how enjoyable it was, like I still remember a lot more about Great Balls of Fire. And bear in mind. Uh, Great Balls of Fire was when I was in the hospital. I was filled with laudanum and watching it on a phone, <laughs> and I still remember way more about it than I do about um, oh, Battlegrounds. That's, that's brilliant. Which um, I'm only now, having vamped for long enough, I'm starting to remember what the matches were. Um, I think the only thing I really dug about it was... Uh, I think Uzo's New Day were, was very enjoyable. That was very good. Yeah, I like that too. And you had the weird AJ Styles, Kevin Owens finish that apparently was changed mid-match, everybody says. But who knows if that's oh, okay. true. Yeah, yeah. That, that weird thing where he wasn't pinned, but he was pinned. And then the ref seemed confused. I don't know what it was. But I still thought they had, I had, they had a good match. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was that's bad. It. It, was, it was forgettable, but it, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't offensive. I, 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 I didn't hate watching it. Um, I had a lot more of a mixed opinion about Money in the Bank the month prior, or however. I, 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 I still think of them in terms of months, where nowadays they just seem so scattershot. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, th their prior one, um, Money in the Bank left me with a bit more of a sour taste than uh, Battlegrounds did, which was just there. Was that the end, because you know? of the ending of the, the women's match, which I know a lot of people didn't happen, or just in general, do you think it was a weird show? It was It was a weird, like, I, I know people dubbed it the Night of Heels. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, is, yeah. Know, I, love, I love heels um, more than faces. I, find, I always find villains more interesting. Yeah. But even so, like, having that many because i think it was straight after money in the, uh, the 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 money in the bank women's match they had uzo's new day where uzo's walked out and at that point i'm like they're just trolling like they are just <laughs> they're just having a laugh tonight um so both of those things then just led to the rest of the event just being so weird and i think that was the night that um the Canalysis debuted as well. You're so right, like, it was. This is just, they are really seeing what they can get away with tonight, <laughs> aren't they? Um, but battle, as, as far as Battlegrounds goes, um, it was, the, the thing that put me off was just, it, it was too much of that USA, USA. Because yep. not only did we have Kevin Owens slagging America off and then the US title... Uh, as much respectability as it has these days, um, you know, I can tell it, it seems like the most valuable belt on any of the shows. Uh, but they seem to tie a lot of patriotism to it now. So there was that going on. And Rusev and John Cena <laughs> for, for, you know, taking it to our famous nemesi, the Bulgarians. Damn those people. And damn them all to heck. <laughs> and, of course... Uh, Randy Orton, Jinder Mahal, which has its own foreign heel, USA, USA stuff. It's too so much. So it was just so much of that. And, and the whole Battlegrounds thing just looked like propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> in, in at least three matches, there was like elements of Dear Leader just sort of creeping <laughs> in. And I'm like, Because um, it's funny, because when I, when I first started getting into it, people kept saying, SmackDown's the good show, Raw's the bad show. And I've 
been able to watch over the past couple of weeks just those polarities reverse and people's opinions shifting at the moment as, definitely yeah yeah um right now yeah yeah um as far as smackdown goes uh obviously it's it's great that jericho's back um you know a, a huge lover of jericho is both a good guy or a bad guy yeah um but aside from him and a couple of others like it's it's the women's division that i'm watching smackdown for uh, just because Charlotte and Natalia and Becky Lynch and Carmella and, and all of the and T- Tamina and, and everyone are really great to watch. And I'm also very fascinated by what they're doing with Lana because it's clear <laughs> she's not good at wrestling, but that's the storyline. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. She keeps getting in matches and she's not good at wrestling. And I've seen people react to it like, oh, I don't get why she's in the ring. It's like, but that's the point. Like, no one in the ring's getting why she's in the ring. Yeah. So they're clearly going somewhere with it. I hope they do um, as well because I think she's yeah. great. I think she. Again, she has that thing we were talking about earlier where she just gets it and she can she can get a reaction out of you. So let's worry about the rest of it later and let's focus on that for the time yes. being and we'll get to we'll get to where we need to go eventually. But she's different and that's what I like. Mm-hmm. I tried to make I was trying to make the point on Twitter but 140 characters no nuance. <laughs> there was no way I could do it without it making it sound like I was perving on her. Yeah. Cuz I, I wanted to point say. out that she's not great at wrestling but I love to just watch her in the ring. <laughs> I like to just look at her and it, it's not I, it's not, not not that she isn't attractive but when I what I mean by I like to look at her like her performance yeah. as a heel is great. Yeah. And it goes back to what we were saying about, like, if you've got the psychological aspect, you can put on an entertaining show, even if you're not a good wrestler. Exactly. And her being a bad wrestler is fascinating to watch. And, again, I've seen some of her from some of the old stuff I've been watching, 2014, 2015, back when she was with Rusev. Oh, so good. Yeah, she is great. Mm. She is she is a great heel. Uh, so... Yeah, yeah, very interested in that. Absolutely. And, and on the Raw side, there's just right now just a lot more that I'm watching for um, because we've got, you know, Roman Joe Strowman and we've got uh, <laughs> Elias Sampson doing his thing, uh, Bray Wyatt, I, I love to watch all the time. And, and you know, so, so there's just right now there's a lot more going on on Raw for me than there is on SmackDown. Um, I agree. But that said, the the women's stuff on SmackDown is just absolutely knocking it out the park for me. Yeah, um, seen... That said, I really like Alexa Bliss as well. Oh, she's great. It's a, another one who's just who knows how to be a, a heel in today's world. Yeah. Um, and her, it's it's not even her on the mic that I like so much as her talking in the ring because she's so loud and those cameras. I mean, they're a lot better at picking up sound than they were in the two thousands anyway, but. It's like she knows that the cameras can pick up everything she's saying, so she is on one hundred percent screaming at people. Yeah, and it's it's great. And that thing she did with the elbow, at um, oh that man, great balls, that wasn't weird... it? The dislocated elbow yeah. was so good. Oh, I think she's come on leaps and bounds too, and she just knows how to handle a crowd, and that's so rare these days. Like some people, especially where she is in her career, don't. And I get it; it's, it's a difficult thing to learn, but she's just got that natural understanding of how to do it. Oh yeah, I think she's she's going to be awesome going down. She's awesome already, but I think down the line, her and Charlotte are my two, the two people I see is really cementing that division as something special. Yeah, well, Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, you you look at Charlotte and and I'm like that. She's a consummate wrestler. Yeah, she's a superstar. Like, she just yeah, is absolutely. Uh, and and she's gonna yeah, she's gonna she's gonna lead it. I think 
I, I don't think that's a particularly insightful thing to say. No, I, I still think agree, that's fairly though. obvious. But uh, yeah, she's she's going to lead it. Um, Natalia, like her and Natalia, I think are just destined to have some great, great long running feuds over the years. I totally agree. Um, and I would like to see a face Charlotte against uh, Alexa Bliss in full heel mode. I would. I, I really hope we get to that down the line because I think Charlotte is so talented. She can be, like you say, your big face of your division that that leads it forward. She's just that good. She just she can talk. Yeah. She can work. She, she well, she's Ric Flair's like, daughter. Who would have known? That's eh? it. Who would have like, known? I don't. I don't want to diminish her talent by tying her to her father. Yeah. But she's a flair through and through. In exactly. Detail. Yeah. That, 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 and she works it so well. Yeah. That family's just wrestling gold. That's all it is. They just know what they're mm-hmm. doing. Uh, before we do wrap up, I do. I want to throw a few names at you because I want to get your your opinion on them. Just because sure. uh, I, I, I think most of them. I'm just going through my list. I've got here. Most of them are brand new in terms of when you kind of jumped off the bandwagon. But they're people, their names, obviously, that a lot of wrestling fans now debate the most, really. You know, they are the, the trending names. So I wanted to start with Brock Lesnar. Uh, I guess he literally started when you were leaving, right? He, he came early yes, 2000s, yes. I think. So did you know him at all? Or did you just kind I of did. know him? Oh, you did? So was that... I did. I'd, I'd seen him... Um, I'm trying to remember. I remember him debuting. I remember him debuting. Okay. I remember initially thinking oh they found something for paul Heyman to do um <laughs> since the invasion that's yeah. nice um but brock lesnar never interested me back in the day he something about him i don't know what it is but something about him found no purchase with me interesting i only liked paul Heyman, and him as a wrestler as a talker as an anything I don't know what it is. Like, it, it just wasn't the kind of character, it wasn't the kind of persona, it wasn't the kind of performer I liked. And to say that that has uh, not changed is to put it diplomatically, <laughs> now that he turns up every few months, does a couple Germans, and that's it. Yeah. So, um, so- it's clear he doesn't care anymore from what- <laughs> As far as I can tell, the man just doesn't give a shit. I don't. <laughs> to well, the point no. Where like, I love. I, I I'm looking at, uh, at Roman and Joe and um, Strowman, and I'm like, can that not just be the the SummerSlam main event? I'd like it more if Lesnar wasn't there. Wow. See, that's 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 huge opinions coming up in here because. Well, actually, no, saying that, I think he divides people. I think you've got 50% of people think that and 50% love the fact that obviously he's got his UFC background so they can actually buy into him and believe that what he's doing yeah. is real. Oh, yeah. I, I have no doubt that the guy is believably terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like, I believe he could kick the ass of almost anyone, um, you know, if not literally everyone in the WWE. Um, yeah. That I can't take away from him. Um, and I, I think it's a taste thing. Like, I don't think... I don't think he's bad at what he does, or at least I, he wasn't when he cared. Uh, but <laughs> f- just from a pure taste perspective, he his look, his style, his persona, his his wrestling, none of it does anything for. Him. I love it. See, I find that fascinating. I love to hear people's opinions on Brock Lesnar because I just he's such a polarizing figure, and I think maybe that's why he's been so successful because he gets he gets that kind of reaction out of you. I also wanted to bring up Big Cass and Enzo, which is a strange one because obviously their mm-hmm. their big talking point at the moment is they should... talking to wrestlers. My wife hates. Oh, which one? <laughs> or both about of them? Enzo Amore. Well, well, this is what I wanted to because I've never got Enzo, 
Like I, I could see he's talented. Like you, 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 it's, you know, he's a good speaker. It, it, straight away, you can, you know, have to take a genius to figure that one out. But to me, I always kind of bought into WWE's idea, which you know the rumors and murmurings were. Okay, we 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 run this out for as long as we feel we need to, and then we see what we can do with Big Cass. And I was always like, you know, I kind of get that. I kind of understand why you'd want to do that. And obviously, they pulled the trigger, and everyone seems up in arms about it, like because they're, they're worried about what's going to happen to Enzo. But as you've just said, obviously, your wife is not a big fan of Enzo Amore. <laughs> what do you think like, about him? He talks too much. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and, and it's not just from a big cast talks too much like thing. It, it's not the persona. It's he. He is on the mic too long. Yeah, he's on the microphone too. The the Great Balls of Fire speech where he just went on and on about Frank Sinatra. Like I was yelling, "Shut up!" I I wanted him <laughs> to just stop. Like if he if he cut his promos by fifty percent, I'd probably like him a lot more. Um, I'd probably also love the hell out of him if he if he was the heel because that obnoxious catchphrase rattling, heavily accented, going on too long thing, to me is another meta heel move. It's another Elias Sampson Aiden English type deal. He could be really really obnoxious, but apparently people love him. So oh man, people go crazy yeah. for him. I, I, I honestly, it's one of those few things in wrestling where I'm like, you know, it's awesome. That he, you, you know, that he gives you that reaction. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. I, I don't know what like, it is. I, 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 it's, it's tough because I don't dislike him. I just think it's too much of him. And, and I don't know how to fix that. So <laughs> there's that. As yeah. far as Big Cass goes, big into him. He's like a seven foot tall edge. Like he looks, he looks very edgish. You know what? That's a really and, good comparison. Yeah, he does look like that. And he, uh, he's good on the microphone, and he does the the big man thing very well. Um, you know, he's not innovative with it, but he does it very well. No, I agree. Uh, he'll throw a guy around. He'll, you know, whack you with a big boot, and and he's another one like Alexa who is doing a lot of in ring talking that's being picked up by the camera. Yeah. And it's working really well. Um, when he was beating up Enzo the second time he started beating on him, that, that night he threw him down the ramp. And that really, that was really good. So, so whatever could be said about Enzo, he'll take a bump really nice. Oh, man, yeah, he gets um, ragdolled. Yeah. Uh, and when, when Enzo was, uh, sorry, when Cass was, was doing all that stuff, like him yelling at the crowd, just like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you want Enzo? And then just throwing him, like, just... The casual trash talk stuff, um, he's very good. So I can, it's obvious Cass is going to be a big star. I agree. I, I totally agree. A lot of people don't see that. I've always thought there was something in Big Cass. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad I found somebody else to agree with me about Big Cass. <laughs> yeah, I, to me, it's obvious at least. Clearly, it's not to other, others you've talked to. But to me, it seems obvious Cass is going to be... Uh, a very notable big guy. Yeah, I, 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 what a good day this is. <laughs> the, <laughs> the last, the last guy I wanted to talk about, obviously, because he's, he's in the, you know, he couldn't be more in wrestling headlines at the moment. Was of course Shinsuke Nakamura, because I would guess that you, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, guess here, but you didn't see him when he was in New Japan or doing any of that stuff. No, uh, I've only seen, I've only seen the what, what Twitter 
at least my Twitter followers call the quote unquote ruined version well, of Shinsuke but, Nakamura. And this is what I wanted to talk to you about because I'm not here to pretend that I was like this super big New Japan fan and watched it every week. But, you know, just given what I do for a living and stuff, when people, you know, with a buzz happened, I thought well, I should really watch this guy. And I could understand why, why people, you know, were, were so enamored with him. And now obviously he's come to the WWE and the big thing is, well, this isn't Shinsuke Nakamura and everybody's really upset. You don't have that, you know, opinion because you don't, you don't even see what he did in New Japan, which I actually think is a huge plus at this stage. And obviously, he's now, he's now going into the SmackDown main event at SummerSlam to take on Jinder Mahal. He beat uh, Cena on SmackDown, which I thought was a really good match. But yeah, what is your take on, on him? Like, do, you, do you get the buzz? Do you get the fuss? Or does he just come across as another dude? Well, speaking of wrestlers that my wife adores, now, she loves Shinsuke Nakamura. This is great. She loves, this is great. She, she squeezes when he's on. Like <laughs> every time he talks, um, when he did the uh, the, the interview uh, two shows back, when when he was asked about John Cena, and he was like, you know, John Cena won't see me. Like she was like giggling like a schoolgirl. Like, she loves his whole thing. Um, I'm a big fan. Like I, I think it was JBL who first said it, but ever since I've not been able to shake the thought of it. The he strikes me as the new Undertaker, not in terms of um, gimmick, of course, in terms of presence. Like wow, when that's that guitar riff starts and the lights go down, at least I'm getting goosebumps yeah. because I'm about to see like a legendary entrance, very much like what the Undertaker had—a legendary, like fully iconic way of coming to the ring. That is an awesome take. Uh, and and that, yeah, that, that's that's the way I see him, um, and and I'm thrilled that the you know uh, to talk like, like you know, very similar to the women's division that we're seeing, um, just a diverse roster of of wrestlers. Um, it, it's great to me to see uh, in both NXT and WWE Japanese wrestlers being given such respect. Like back again, back in my day, it was Tajiri who was like the, the Japanese buzzsaw, yeah. who was treated as a joke because he was Japanese. So, of course, he comes out to very Japanesey sounding music. He comes out, you know, there's hilarious bowing and grinning and, oh, look, he's dating Tori Wilson and it's funny because he's small and Japanese. And uh, Kai and Tai, of course. We all remember um, Kai and Tai. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, it warms my heart every time they do a pay-per-view and I still see Funaki. I know. I'm like, oh, we still got a job. job That's lovely. Job for life. Good old Funaki. Yeah. Um, so uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, I yeah, I, I really like him. Um, obviously, he's got a big entrance. I'm a big entrance fan. Yeah. Um, but in ring, he he's just got such a presence. There's there's something about him that's arresting. Um, also, I'm I'm a big Dynasty Warriors fan. And he looks like he could be in that game, from his costume to the music to just the bizarre eccentric way. He that is behaves. so true. That is the greatest take on Shinsuke. That is so true. I can't believe no one said it before. <laughs> he really could. He's almost like he's fallen out of that franchise. He he really does. Uh, there there's something a little video gameish about him in general. Um, and I think the thing that I love more than anything else is is when he's coming out. That he seems so overcome by how brilliant he is. He wants to cry, <laughs> like the near tears that he's in, just at being Shinsuke Nakamura, and then collapsing because being Shinsuke Nakamura obviously is so exhausting. Oh, that's great. Um, 
I, I love that whole thing. And the match she had with Cena was, I mean, it's the first time I've watched, I think it might be the only Cena match I've bothered watching from beginning <laughs> to end without skipping ahead or leaving the room for a bit. Yeah. Um, again, not nothing against John Cena. It's just very much like Brock Lesnar. It's a taste thing. Yeah, I get that. Seeing him in the ring in general is just, mm, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. But him and Shinsuke um, was, was, again, arresting. And I am really, really surprised and thrilled he won. Uh, I don't read the... I'm deliberately doing this, um, not going into the dirt sheety stuff like I used to. I think that's the best I way really to do it. Because I really want to just... Yeah, I want to watch it and enjoy it as a show. Yeah. Um, so I have no idea what the plans are. Um, I, you pick up some of it invariably. Like, I've picked up, you know, plans for Roman Reigns. But, but I... That was me deliberately researching him out of that that dark fascination I mentioned earlier. Um, so I don't know what the the long term plans are, but everything I'm seeing with with Shinsuke, like you know, I don't know how he was before WWE, but it, in terms of ruining him, all I'm seeing is a guy getting a really respectable hell of a push and the crowd eating it up, and that doesn't look like ruin to me. I totally agree. I totally agree. You have the best and freshest take on wrestling ever, Jim. I'll let you know that much. Oh, it's you. so much nicer than usual. Yeah, it's all crap. Everything's shit. And they're like, why are you watching? Don't know. Just <laughs> can't help it. Uh, but Give me a couple more years. All right, we all get cynical. It will wear you down. They'll do one thing that <laughs> yep. upsets you, and that's it. It'll be a downward It'll be a downward hill from there. That's it. And I'll take another break. I'll get back into it when I'm 45, and, and I'll be all fresh exactly. again. Well, they say wrestling's cyclical, right? So maybe we should watch mm -hmm. it in the same way, too. Come and go as and when it pleases you. Well, this has been awesome dude thank you so much for coming on and sharing your thoughts about wrestling i think it's been very insightful and fascinating so and thank you it's uh, been a pleasure funnily enough as a funny fact this is the third conversation we've ever had but the first conversation we've ever actually had. yeah i was thinking that. we've had two on-screen <laughs> conversations in the past but they were all locally recorded and, and edited together by um the video gamer uk uh people that's true so yeah this is the first time we've ever actually directly interacted it's true and it's been about pro wrestling and that makes me oddly happy as well because i'm a massive wrestling nerd <laughs> even though i pretend <laughs> i'm not well i honestly do thank you so much for your time and obviously uh, people can get you are uh, you on twitter at are you at jim sterling on twitter is that at jim sterling yeah all one word all one word um, and obviously the same for youtube jim sterling and you should i mean obviously i'm not just saying this because jim is on uh, there's there's a reason jim and i uh, you know managed to to find each other through the magic of the internet and that is because his videos and pretty much all of his output is awesome so you should definitely go and check all that well, out i think we were we're both games media guys who were influenced by wrestling yeah. to create uh, alter egos for ourselves, <laughs> I think, based on, on real aspects of us. It's true. Uh, I think we, we kind of took the wrestler gimmick approach to our sort of video coverage of stuff. Um, you with the Miller Report, me with the Jimquisition. So I think... I think it's kind of, it makes sense that we'd have gotten along. <laughs> you know what? You're 100% correct. And that makes me happy too. Look at that wrestling bringing people together. which was it's a, Yeah, it's a nice time. Which is always meant to be the point. And obviously, if you want to hear more of, uh, of Jim's voice just through the airwaves, he has a podcast as well, which is also called The Jimquisition. Which, yes, uh, yes. You look up The Jimquisition feed on iTunes. It's actually several podcasts running on a, basically just a channel, I guess, or a feed. 
Um, but yeah, you can get the Podquisition, the spin-off Doctors, Jim Want Givy and his VR, and that's all on the, the Jimquisition. Uh, you can see that on SoundCloud for as long as SoundCloud still exists. Um, <laughs> I got worried about that uh, the other day. I went and downloaded yeah. my podcast. I was like, is this about to just collapse in on itself? I better go get it. Yeah, em. it's a weird time. It's it's a hassle for me having to look for somewhere else, but what can you do? I'm gonna, but, I'm, but yeah. I'm holding out I'm hope for now. He is. Just look for Jim Sterling. He's everywhere as he should be. Well, Jim, hopefully we can get you back on. Maybe we can get you back on sort of either leading into WrestleMania or post-SummerSlam or something and see if uh, WWE's managed to upset you yet. That would be interesting. <laughs> Anytime, yeah. I, it, it, yeah. Um, I don't talk. I don't really have a an outlet as of yet to really talk about wrestling. So this was a joy for me. Well, um, it, you know, outside of Twitter and stuff. So, well, so, so this was enjoyable. Well, you're always welcome back. That's a hundred percent true. Uh, if you are listening on iTunes, please do give us five stars. Leave a comment. Do all that stuff. That's how the iTunes algorithm works, and we fly up the rankings, and more people can find us, and we can take it from there. And all of this, all of my nonsense, when you hear my voice or see my voice, is supported by Patreon. You go to patreoncom simula 316 and anything you put in there, it all comes. I mean, it goes into my bank account first, but then it all goes back into this kind of stuff so any support would be great jim thanks again for your time this has been awesome i think it's been my favorite podca- wrestling podcast i've done to be honest so oh, well, um, thank you very much well, i mean knowing knowing who you've spoken to in the past and stuff i take that as very high price well i just i love having just uh, a down-to-earth normal chat about wrestling and that's exactly what this was and uh, yeah it's been great so uh, I, again i know we were away for two weeks but i wanted to come back with a bang I think we've done that. So this is either going to drop on Friday the 4th or Saturday the 5th, depending on how quick iTunes is. But we will be back next Wednesday. We're going to get back into a routine now. Life's done its thing. It's out the way. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that. And thanks for listening. Listener.